Welcome, Climate Viewers, to another Sunday chat. It's Jim Lee from ClimateViewer.com. And a uh, couple things going on. First, Anonymous official uh, YouTube channel dropped a video mentioning me. And uh, we might get into some of this uh, Smart City WEF World Economic Forum Maui um, ideology. And of course, the big story for today that I want to talk about is the Chinese bio lab that was recently shut down in Reedley, California. Um, at one point, we were talking about Ukraine and bio, bio safety labs, bio weapon labs, um, you know, in Ukraine. And it was a big deal. So I started to map out all of the bioweapons labs. Why are you saying two audios? There should not. Is there a double audio? There should not be a double audio. Is there a double audio? Or are you just screwing with me, Tom? Um, just in case, I'm going to double check my, my routing on my, my soundboard. Shouldn't be a double audio. That's just you, bro. That's just you. Um, thank you. I like this shirt too. So, um, real quickly, I'll just show this. So this is on anonymous official and they have a uh, 3.7 million, uh, subscribers over there. And right here, you see this video with, um, you know, plane dumping some chemicals and it says anonymous. It's time to talk about this. Now, just to be clear, anonymous didn't make this video. And for those who don't know, um, you know, that I clearly have a, a past with, you know, the thing. Um, but that being said, I'm looking at this going, all right, so obviously this anonymous official channel um, just grabs videos from other people on the internet. So as a piece of homework, I hope that you guys can figure out who originally made this video because I'd like to personally thank them. Uh, they did a pretty phenomenal job and uh, kind of goes like this. Weather from Hurricane Sandy to the Alberta floods, we're seeing more examples of extreme weather. In the United States, authorities have warned of epic amounts of rainfall as Florence, now a tropical depression, continues to cross the Carolinas. Now this first portion of the radar cycle, fairly bland and typical, but then you see these bands of very distinct cloud cover moving into the region. That is not rain, that is not snow. Believe it or not, military aircraft flying through the region is dropping chaff. To the growing danger in the Philippines, authorities are now warning that an active volcano could possibly erupt again. This was the deadliest tornado outbreak in the A 6.4 earthquake and multiple aftershocks. Small bits of aluminum, sometimes it's made of plastic or uh, even uh, metallicized, uh, metallicized paper products. But it's used as an anti-radar issue and obviously they're up there practicing. Now they won't confirm that, but I was in the Marine Corps for many years and I'll tell you right now, that's what it is. Something that is vastly observable but yet so hidden from the public. For example, when was the last time you've seen a natural cloud? 
You know what I'm talking about. A roundish, puffy cloud. When was the last time you've seen natural skies? When was the last time you've ever experienced natural weather? We all have asked ourselves this one question. What is wrong with our weather or with the weather? But first, the question we get asked the most. Just how bad will this winter be? Well, in this documentary, I will show you and I will answer this question by exposing a reality so great about weather modification or weather manipulation. We will expose who's behind it, why are they doing it, for what purpose, and how it's being done. Wait, that that looks familiar. So, of course, in the last um, last video I put out, a guy by the name of Kirby, and I think it might be the Kirby that I know locally, um, Kirby said, dude, you're on an, an anonymous put a video out with your stuff on it. So immediately I see my 10 technologies to own the weather. Um, and it says 2018 on it. So I know this is an older video. Okay. Um, but the guy goes on to, you know, go through pretty much my entire timeline. It's got Michio Kaku in it talking about harp, you know, talking about, um, general dry and forth. Um, all the things, you know, where he was, um, CW post and pluviculture in there. And this is drying forth. Um, here's a, the post that's actually a picture from my website. So I just kept seeing all this stuff from my website and I'm going, and then, you know, Charles Hadfield, the rainmaker, Charles Mallory Hadfield, um, and the list goes on, it talks about the Steiger Vortex cannons, Operation Fido, um, Vincent Schaefer blowing into a uh, freezer. And, you know, I'm just going, okay, so yeah, this this guy definitely, I mean, he's got my a picture, you know, the infographic I created. So I know that this guy has used my website, but I did not expect this. Solution to have a positive impact against storms, droughts, tornadoes, etc. And a National Weather Modification Policy Act in 1976 published by Congress, it states, weather modification technology has significant potential for preventing, diverting, or moderating the adverse of effects of such disasters and hazards. This policy act helped escalate many more weather modification programs which involve things like marine cloud brightening boats and new strategies to control the ionosphere, which led to the birth of HARP. We'll be covering HARP later on as we continue to unfold who's behind weather control in today's era. Now that we understand where the concept of weather modification comes from and how it all began, we must now figure out what geoengineering is and how chemtrails fit in the category of weather modification. But before we continue, I want to give a shout out to a guy named Jim Lee Aww. for providing this information on weather modification. His work is phenomenal. Most of the information that I have gathered for this video comes from his website, weathermodificationhistory.com and climateviewer.com. You can find all the historic information, policy acts, technologies, and more about weather modification in his websites. Anyways, we will now be... So that was epic i mean it's it's rare that people actually give credit at all and i don't expect it 
but I'm always just super, you know, pleased when I see it happen. Um, and the guy did, I'll, I'll say this. He not only, you know, went through the weather modification history timeline, he, you know, he went above and beyond because he, he took, you know, a lot of the stuff from the timeline, um, and then, you know, did, did some additional homework, even had a couple things in there that, you know, I had forgotten to add to the timeline that were from articles I had written. So I was like, you know what? I don't have that in the timeline, but that was in an article. And so bravo to whoever made the video. The thing is, anonymous official did not make that video. So if anybody Maybe you'll recognize his voice. Maybe you'll, you know, be able to figure it out based on, you know, any number of factors. If you can figure out where this original video came from, I'd like to know. Um, interestingly enough, I, I, I saw it, um, you know, just a couple hours after it was published. It was at 99,000 views. And then I checked it later on. Um, later on in the day because I was I'm sharing it to a friend and that 99,000 views had been rolled back to 92,000 views. Um, now it's up to 109,000 views, but YouTube's just like, you know, you know, you know how YouTube works. They, they just roll the numbers back. They're like, well, we're not going to count that. Um, we're not going to count that watch. That's not a watch. Let's turn, just roll it back a little bit or they'll just take your subscribers away. Um, subscribers go up, they go down. They, you know, I have, I have hundreds of people, literally hundreds who have personally messaged me to say, I have been, um, <laughs> Boris uh, says, Jim, why is anonymous official that bad these days? Um, the whole movement was hijacked. I mean, it would, with the death of Lulsec, um, and Sabu basically turning on all of the other members of, of Lulsec. Um, when Sabu was arrested, it wasn't known at first, and he became an asset of the FBI. So Sabu was literally working in the FBI offices, still doing hacking, still doing, you know, the phone calls, the, the live phone calls on Twitter. And I was a member in the Anani Ops IRC at that time, and I saw the writing on the wall. Um, and I said, you know what? It's time for me to put the mask down, put my name and my phone number and my address on my website as soon as I possibly can, because this ship is going down. The Lulz boat is sinking. And sure as shit, um, Sabu ratted out Commander X and all of the other, you know, guys who were leaders of Lulzsec. That's L-U-L-Z-S-E-C for um, all the noobs that don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You can Google all this. It's Sabu, S-A-B-U, Lulzsec, L-U-L-Z-E-S-E-C. Um, and during that time, you, you, you just knew, like, I mean, you knew that the whole movement was coming to an end. And since that time, and I would say that was approximately 2008, because that's when I remember getting, you know, packing, you know, going, 
this party's getting dirty. I'm going to pull up my pants and leave. Um, that suddenly all of the, the social media, any of the, the, you know, social media accounts that were run previously by Anani Ops or Lulsec or any of the groups that were, you know, hacking Sony, hacking InfraGuard, you know, hacking HB Gary. Um, they suddenly were taken over by what I would describe as extremely far leftists. Um, just, just to be as nice as possible about it. Um, because, you know, in, in the past, I saw during the Hillary Clinton Trump election, all of the same Twitter accounts that used to be, you know, posting all of this, you know, leaked, hacked, you know, hacktivist data were now rooting for Hillary. And I'm going, that's never been a thing. Like, Anonymous was apolitical. And now it's suddenly become extremely political, you know, so... If you want to know what, if you want to really know what happened to Anonymous, um, you can come over to my YouTube channel. And of course, you guys who are watching this right now, you're already on it. But um, you can come to youtube.com uh, slash at climate viewer. And on the front page, you should see, uh, and I'll bring it up on the screen right here. Under videos, there's a, there's a couple of videos right here. Anonymous Op Russia and Cyber War, uh, World War III, and what happened to Anonymous. Um, so if you want to know more about that, I, I did a pretty lengthy show with, um, quite frankly, on what happened to Anonymous. It's all the details on that. And then we did a follow-up because after we talked about Anonymous, um, some really big stuff happened like a, within a week anonymous, which had been gone, like literally out of the news, completely disappeared off the face of the internet. They came out, you know, in favor of, you know, war on Russia and all of that. So we started talking about that, like how op Russia just popped up right after I did the interview. Um, I, I'll never forget it. Cause Frank like called me and he's, he's like, dude, are you seeing this? Like, we just were talking about how anonymous is dead and like what happened to it. And now all of a sudden it's alive and doing all these things with op Russia and supporting Ukraine and all this crap. So anyway, great tangent, great question. Um, look into it. Um, yeah, that's a thing. DEFCON went political as a whole. Oh my God. So DEFCON and the Black Hat Convention has, has gone political as well. Man, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. I swear to God. Um, Thanks, Jim. As always, great information. And Lancelot Dufresne, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, so I was on um, Saturday. Uh, I did an interview with... Um, Sam Cheney from uh, Weaponized News. And I think we did almost two hours. Um, this morning, I did an interview with um, Radovan from the Czech Republic. Another two hours. Um, 
just about two hours ago, I did a one hour call with Republic Broadcasting Network because apparently a poo throwing contest occurred over my Dane Wigington video between several of the show hosts on Republic Broadcasting Network. So one of the individuals from, you know, that was involved in this was like basically saying, hey, you have Dane Wigington on your show all the time. Maybe you should watch this video by Jim Lee because I don't think you really know that much about the guy. And then it turned into a big kerfuffle. Um, so needless to say, I call um, um, Mary Bailey was basically like, could you call in? And I did that about an hour ago. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that was interesting. So I've had a very busy weekend. And I'm only saying this to tell you that while I was on the interview with Sam Cheney from weaponized news if you guys haven't ever checked them out check them out they used to be on youtube you know why they're not anymore um but weaponized news um sam mentioned he's like did you hear about this bio lab in california and i had not and um you know of course he sent me over a document which i still have not been able to find anywhere on any of um these interviews will be coming out soon um like I said, I just did the one with Weaponized News Saturday. Um, Radovan um, is, you know, I don't know when he's going to actually post that. I could look right now and tell you, tell you whether or not that's actually happened. Um, but it, just if you bear with me for one second. Um, let's see here. That's a uh, Sam and Radovan right here. So it's Radovan.org. And if he's already posted, that'd be kind of impressive because I mean, we literally did it this morning, um, but it'll be on Radovan.org and I'll drop that in chat. And um, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's up yet because that would be really, really, really fast. Um, but he translates, he, he he does dubs of all of his stuff into Czech. Um, so like we had the entire conversation in English and he's going to subtitle the entire thing in um, Czechoslovakian, which is pretty freaking awesome. Um, and I got to say, one of the best interviews I've ever had. Um, the guy has clearly read everything on my website. Um, it's rare that I meet somebody who isn't at the shallow. Thank you for uh, the super chat. Hey man, I, I love your name, dude. Lead Slinger. Speaking of Lead Slinger, another um side tangent. The other night, for the first time ever, I was it was about three o'clock in the morning. I was getting ready to go into my, you know go to bed. My wife had fallen asleep on the couch, so I got up. I said, "Come on, baby, let's go to bed." Um, and I'm turning off all the lights in the house. I look out the front door of my house, the front window of my house, and I see a light looking in my vehicle so i had to go grab my lead slinger and run out the front door to try to catch whoever it was um and they pulled up in my neighbor's yard and i realized that i didn't grab my flashlight so i'm like do i go ahead and try to identify these people and confront them that were just in my yard with a flashlight in my car when I don't have a flashlight and it's, you know, there's no lights around at all. 
I said, nah, it's probably not smart because even though I have a gun and I have a concealed weapon permit and every right to do what I'm about to do, I won't be able to see what's going on in the car. So I retreated back to the house real quick, grabbed my flashlight, went back out. And by then they were hauling ass out of the neighborhood. Um, but yeah, tack light is going on there. That's going to be <laughs> mad jeepers like tack light. And I'm like, yep. That's exactly what I thought. I told my wife when I got home, I said, I'm going to need a tack light for the, um, you know, the Glock 17 Gen 4. Um, yeah, that's kind of a must at this point. So, <laughs> oh, man, you guys have got me on all kinds of tangents. So let's get to this thing. You know, the thing, um, you know, that that Chinese uh, bioweapons lab. Um, in California, how, how, how did this happen? Um, gateway pundit, China linked bio lab discovered in Fresno, California had over 900 mice genetically engineered to catch and carry the cornholio, you know what? Um, so there's, I got a whole lot of links on this. I, I probably over researched this. Um, but to say the least, uh, this is a really shady story. So there's this company, um, called universal Meditech, And basically what I'm seeing from here is that universal Meditech issues nationwide recall of skip pack medical lab, SARS-CoV-2 antigen rapid test kits. So they got in trouble because they were making cornholio testing kits and they were defective. Okay, we'll start there. Apparently, their company was bought out by another company called Prestige Bio Group or Biopharma. Um, looking into it, there are actually three different, um, you know, companies. Uh, Universal Meditech. Yeah, I know, right? Uh yeah. Universal Meditech Inc. And and I, I just want to point out for the irony, you know, um, right here it says uh made in the USA. And for some reason it's like there's this super, super tiny, you can barely even read it there. Um it's like it says English and a I'm not sure what that says. You can't even see it. It's so small. I think that's actually part of the image. Uh, but what a crappy website. Anyway. Um, so they were bought out by this other company called um, Prestige um, Biotech. Um, PrestigeBio.com. Um, story goes like this. So, like, Readly Chinese COVID uh, lab received tax credit $360,000 from Governor Newsom's GoBiz. Um, the Center for Disease Control, uh, what document were I, was I looking for? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, what did I, that, did I say I was looking for a document? My brain is fried right now. I'm telling you what. Um, we'll talk about it later. You guys know. Some of you may know about the whole MRI thing that was supposed to be happening. I'll tell, I'll talk about it at the end of the show. <clears throat> anyway, um, 
so of course this immediately comes with a retraction at the end uh basically saying um you know that's not a thing so update the globe is received a request from the blah 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 to retract this mr purcell said prestige biotech did not receive any funding from cal competes according to your article prestige biotech was a creditor for universal meditech inc umi but has never was never a party to cal competes agreement also universal meditech did not end up receiving any funding through cal competes tax credits universal meditech was awarded three hundred sixty thousand dollars uh from california competes tax credit on 4 11 2019 umi did not achieve any of its milestones and was not approved to claim any of the tax credits help me help me i'm stuck in jim's computer <laughs> mad jeepers no don't get stuck in my computer oh lord man which part the one terabyte hard drive or the two terabyte hard drive i need to know which one to look um yes i i shaved because jack walsh was of course the first person to comment in the live chat and jack was like off to the loo with you jim loo check <laughs> um which is british for go to the freaking bathroom and shave uh <laughs> you can't make that up i uh, love you jack anyway um yeah he, he he rides my ass about um shaving i hate shaving but you know God did send me some razors, so I guess I got to, right? Um, so anyway, may have, may not got some money on from Newsom. Doesn't really matter. So what is this place we're talking about? Um, this is an 850 I Street in Reedley, California. So as you can see, this is the building we're talking about. Um, you know, I want everybody to be able to see exactly what we're talking about before we get into some of the really creepy damn pictures of what's going on inside the building and all the story. Um, here's Jack. <laughs> I know you love me, but out of your <laughs> It's true. I do love you, Jack. Appreciate you, man. So this is the Prestige Bio um, Biological Lab, which um, at the time was... I believe run by Meditech, um, which is now bankrupt and um, owned completely by uh, Prestige um, Biotech, Bio Biological Laboratories. Um, but pretty big place, um, right next door to some houses. I mean, like you got you know just a bunch of houses here. Um, we'll get into this whole you know there, there's a conspiracy theory. We all love a good conspiracy theory. So we'll get into the conspiracy theory that, um, of course, the local news is saying is not a thing, did not happen. Uh, and then we'll we'll shoot holes in that. Um, and this is King Canyon Unified School District, which was right behind the bio lab. You got to love that, right? So it's know your neighborhood. Uh, know your abandoned buildings. <laughs> what what you think is an abandoned building might be a uh, technically, they'll call it a biosafety lab. I like to call them bioweapons labs. But you know why split hairs on things like that? Um, so moving along. Uh, so of course, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is pretty upset about all this. He wants to know, um, 
you know, how the illegal lab in Reedley got $150,000 in PPP loans. Um, because as uh, you guys may remember, during the whole Cornholio event, um, the government was, you know, handing out, you know, money left and right for personal protective equipment and things like that. Um, but anyway, so he's looking into that. It has not been determined that this company was not a legitimate business and was operating at least one illegal bio laboratory that was shut down in early 2023. The president, Ji Ken Yao, doesn't sound Chinese to me at all, um, has not been transparent, and the information provided about its business operations has led to an empty building's or addresses in China that could not be verified. More on that in just a uh, moment. <laughs> so we'll let we'll let this, this one roll. Took down Goliath with with a green garden hose. For the first time, Reedley and Fresno County officials revealed a month by month timeline of an illegal lab that's garnered nationwide attention. Thanks for joining us for Action News Live at 5. I'm Eliza Navarro. And good evening, I'm Warren Armstrong. Through a city, state, and federal government investigation, officials were able to shut down the lab and dispose of all the unsafe products and materials. Action News reporter Brianna Willis has been following this story. She joins us now with the full breakdown. Brianna? Yeah, Warren Eliza, while the company previously operated in Fresno, it wasn't until late last year that that multi-agency investigation started out of Reedley. Officials say it was the federal authorities who told local jurisdictions to hold off on notifying the <laughs> Mark, <laughs> is that a level four lidless dumpster? <laughs> public until they knew what they were dealing Bro, I'm with. Dead. But they say during the entire process, they made sure there was never any threat to public safety. But let me tell you, I am mighty proud of our little city. This was a bad player company, a bad actor company that was kicked out of Canada. They went to Texas. They got kicked out of Texas. They came to California, recruited with tax credits, by the way. They went to Fresno, kicked out of Fresno, went to Tulare, kicked out of Tulare, went back to Fresno, kicked out of Fresno, came to Reedley. Tuesday morning, Reedley. Try that in a small town. Oh, oh no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. So let me get this straight. They were in all these big cities. And until they brought their little Chinese, you know, bio lab to a small town, the small town, you cannot make this up, noticed a water hose sticking out of the side of <laughs> No, um, they noticed a, a water hose sticking out the side of this supposedly abandoned building um and they applied for a permit to do a you know walk through to do a building inspection and that's how this was discovered and this is how it showed um shut down so that's what she's literally saying here um she's having her jason aldean moment and basically saying you know try that in a small town because this is what happened it went to fresno california to Laurie, back to Fresno, and then when they came to Reedley, California, busted. City Manager Nicole Ziba and Joe Prado from the Fresno County Public Health Department 
detailed the long history of Prestige Biotech, Universal Meditech, and the Central Valley. It all started back in 2018 off a warehouse near East North and South Orange Avenues in Southwest Fresno. When they were in City of Fresno, they did have uh, mice there and they were they were doing their operation there as well. In August 2020, the company had a fire at their East North and South Orange location. And shortly afterward, an environmental health inspector visited the business and found the company did not have a hazardous materials business plan for having ethanol. The permit was then completed in September. In October 2022, Fresno County Department of Public Health staff received a complaint about the chemicals at the Fresno location, but they could not get access. This is where we last. Like, like really, like they had a fire and they didn't have proper fire equipment in a bio lab and the people in fresno the government was so inept that they couldn't get access to inspect the building dude the bigger the city the dumber it gets you just can't get any dumber the the bigger it gets the dumber it gets heard of universal Meditech in city of fresno fast forward to december 2022 when a Reedley code enforcement officer found this green garden hose at I and 10th Street in Reedley. Uh, our team uh, with City really contacted the FBI um, to really evaluate potential public safety risk. Prado says they found specialty ultra low temperature lab freezers designed to hold infectious agents at temperatures up to 80 degrees below zero at the Reedley site. After meetings in January and February and amid a nationwide recall of the company's COVID test, Officials were finally able to walk through the facility in early March, and that's when they shut it down, issuing this unsafe-to-occupy notice. On March 16th of this year, the court granted an inspection warrant. 55-gallons container of ethanol in the warehouse, six empty containers of liquid nitrogen. These are all items we started to see once we were able to work with City really get that inspection um, warrant and be able to walk through there. Um, the live mice were, um, were there, and we were um, going through the warehouse there. By April 21st, the county issued this first of three health orders, and Prado says during this time, Prestige Biotech was communicating with him. Two months later, on June 26, a judge issued the abatement warrant. A week later, after the July 4th holiday, all the biological materials were removed and destroyed. As of Tuesday, the city of Reedley is finishing up the cleanup effort, including the removal of freezers, furniture, and other medical equipment. My hope is that by the time we enter heavily into fall, this will be another uh, empty warehouse in Reedley, like we thought it was for the last decade. And tonight at the Reedley City Council meeting, officials plan to give an update on the abatement warrant, as today is the last day Reedley staff are clearing items from the property. So that, that pretty much sums it up. but. Trust me, there's more. Um, let me see where th this is the article where they they talk about um, the. No, it's it's not this. Okay, <laughs> here it is. This is this is priceless. So, um, where is it at? I just zoomed in. There's a local myth in Reedley. There's a supermarket that shut down across the street. There's a local myth that it shut down because mice got out and infected the supermarket. No, no, no. The roof is collapsing in the supermarket and it shut uh, and it shut a year prior to this lab coming to Reedley. Um, and there was another, uh, you know, in, <laughs> and this is this is even better. 
because you can't make this stuff up. I mean, give it up for local news, just getting it wrong. Um, you know, a lot of the times at this time, there's no evidence of business being connected to a foreign government. Now, why do you think they would say that? Does that have anything to do with uh, maybe like the tiny, the title of this video about it being an illegal Chinese bio lab? Um, Jim, why the hell would you put that in there if that's just a myth? I mean, clearly right here, they're saying there's no evidence of this business being connected to a foreign government. And no, the rats that I'm about to show you that had the, you know, Cornholio virus in them, they, um, they certainly did not cross the street and go into uh, you know the, the market over there. Uh, so what is this supermarket they're talking about? Uh, this one right here. They said, well, you know, the roof is collapsing. It says temporarily closed right there on it. Valley Food Supermarket temporarily closed. I mean, the, the roof doesn't look like it's collapsed to me, but... You know, hey, we'll just have to take their word for it, won't we? Um, but yeah, there you go. Valley Foods Supermarket um, temporarily closed on Google uh, Maps. Um, but at the same time, they said it was because, you know, it wasn't because mice got out of the lab and got into their food over here or anything. It was the roof. Um, that, that roof looks sparkling, shiny, brand new. But hey, maybe it was leaking. You know, I find it hard to believe that um, they shut down a, a supermarket because it had a leaky roof, but had no clue that there was a freaking bio lab right there. Just saying, you know, that's just paranoid me talking. Throw that one out. Um, anyway, a uh, whole bunch of other articles on this. Lab operating in Reedley shut down after officials found infectious agents and chemicals. Um, Everything we know about the illegal, they they had like literally like 30 minutes apart, you know, articles on this over here on Action News 30 ABC. Illegal biolab found in real and Reedley also once operated in Tulare. Um, so what were the chemicals, Joe Pisano, Joey Paisano says? Let's get into that, because um, that's the that's the fun part. Uh, so, God bless them. Um, you know, Sam sent me this. Now, this document it's in the details. I'm gonna drop it in chat just so you guys have it too. Um, and we'll go ahead and throw this thing on the wayback machine when I'm when, when, we're, when we're done here. I've already saved it locally. Uh, but <laughs> this is all the things. So it's literally every single email, every single, um, you know, warrant that was issued, all of it in one document, all combined, um, including all of the emails between, you know, the people involved, all the things. So you can you can actually dig into this one pretty damn deeply. Um, and as you start to get through this, uh, yeah, there's some pretty interesting stuff in here, but um Let's go to exhibit a, uh, this is what it looked like inside the building, you know, um, you know, nothing weird. This is the water hose that brought it to, uh, you know, <laughs> brought it to the attention of the local inspectors. They're like, 
why is there a water hose going through the wall on the second floor of a building? That's just weird. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, these are those deep freezers uh, that were storing all the biological waste, uh, which, you know, clearly um, not your typical freezer. Um, should have been a, a red flag right there. Uh, but anyway, you, you go through this thing and you, you, you're going to see a whole lot of creepiness. Um, let me come down here. Uh, they've, they've got this first section where all of these are black and white. Don't know why, but you can go right on past that and you get to the good pictures uh, later on. And uh, oh, yeah, let's just go. Let's go to that first. Um, so what what were what what did they find? Because that was what the question was. We'll get to that and then we'll go back to some of the cool pictures. Um, hold on one sec. have to warn the fam <laughs> all right so what do they have potentially infectious bacteria agents present um and this is from from may 2nd through may 4th 2023 staff at the central center for disease controls division of select agents and toxins inspected the property here's what they found chlamydia e coli Mycobacterium tuberculosis, mycoplasma pneumonia, uh, general mycoplasma series, uh, neoceria, menin meningitis, looks like meningitis, but meningitis, um, anyway, uh, Nostec species, uh, Spingobacterium heparit, this is fun watching me try to butcher these. Uh, yes, dengue up in CT is already like dengue. Yes, there's going to be dengue. Um, those are the good ones. Um, stop reading ahead up in CT. Bad. <laughs> um, streptococcus, uh, toxoplasma, Gandhi. Uh, but then you get into potentially infectious viral agents present. Oh, here we go. Hepatitis B, hepatitis C. Dengue virus, HIV, hum, human immunodeficiency virus one and two, human herpes virus one, herpes simplex virus, herpes virus five, human cytomegalovirus, and respiratory syncytal uh, virus, rubella virus, and Severe acute respiratory synd syndrome, coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2. All of these were found there. Potentially infectious parasite present. Malaria. All in, in a warehouse that nobody even know was, knew was there. And like right across the street from houses next to the school building and the what the hell right i mean like straight up what the hell um so anyway let me hop down here to some oh wrong button you don't hold control when you just want to page down jimbo that switches tabs so let me go back to these so this is what they found um i'll go back up here 
So this is the uh, warrant that was uh, served on April 10th, 2023. And this is what they saw. Let me get myself out of the way of the pictures real quick. Blow this up even more. Looks like I can. Um, and they, they, you know, they they marked it. Do not enter. Unsafe to occupy. Put their notice up on the door. Um, and this is what they found inside: lab diet, laboratory animal diet with chewed holes in it. Um, hmm, that always makes you feel great. Um, these are the rat holding pens. Um, all the fecal matter underneath, uh, you know, just, you know, generally disgusting, lots of trash waste everywhere, just random bags of crap, um, all kinds of chemicals and just, just randomly strewn about, um, abatement warrant. It says like euthanized deceased. These are all of the, um, you know, the, the mice that they found. Approximate total mice at facility, 951. Total deceased, 178. Total euthanized, 773. Going down here, and this is what they look like. Um, you know, just your typical lab rats. I mean, everybody hears the term lab rat, and you never really think about what that looks like. Um, but yeah, this is what they were doing in the downtown of uh Reedley, California. Pretty pretty gross. Um and then you got these rats that have these massive tumors on them. It just makes you feel real safe in your hometown. That's what I think about when I see these pictures. Biosafety labs they call them or biohazard labs. Uh <laughs> bioweapons labs. But regardless, you know, they just they they bagged up as much of it as they could. And here they are, like literally throwing it in the back of a pickup truck to take some of that crap off to the local landfill, which if you start to actually read all of this and I read most of this, um, that that went south real quickly. And, you know, the feds moved in and we're like, hey, you know, you can't actually do that. You're going to have to, um, you know, use very specific safe precautions to uh you know deal with all this so you get down further in the document and they start talking about you know that this is the entire sequence of events you know every single document that was sent between the um the owners of the company um you know the the fresno county officials you know this is the public orders that they gave and you know, this is from Reedley Fire Department, even getting in on the mix. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but um, you can see uh, where is that? here's here's some more pictures of, you know, not, nothing like some good bodily fluid bottles and or just completely unmarked bottles like this. Like you don't even know what the hell's in there because there's not even a label on it. That's how creepy this stuff gets. Good stuff. Oh, what is that? Is it? Does that say malaria? And then it's written in Chinese right next to it? Because that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing malaria. And then I'm seeing Chinese writing. In hand, Chinese handwriting right there. But no links to any foreign countries. 
No, no links to foreign countries here. Just disregard. That's that's you know just internet conspiracy stuff. Uh, wait for it, and there it, it's it's linked to Chinese gun. Come, come, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's China, okay? It's it's freaking China. You know, you know the Chinese. Wu Wu Nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Anyway. All items at the facility that contain human blood or human blood fluids um, and all items that contain infectious agents must be contained, labeled, stored, transported, treated, and disposed as a medical waste when they become a waste. Additionally, any items at the facility that meet the definition of a medical waste when they become a waste must be properly contained, labeled, stored, transported, treated, and disposed per the MWMA. A copy of the MWMA can be viewed at the department's website right here. Um, and that's Medical Waste Management Act of California. Um, for reference, infectious agents are defined in here as blah, blah, blah. Medical waste is defined as this. And this is basically them sending this to Miss Shi Quin Yao. I believe I'm pronouncing that somewhat right. Um, definitely that's, that's 100% American name. She, she Quinn Yao, um, totally, totally American, not Chinese at all. Um, nothing to see here. Um, <laughs> but you, they, they also show like even the emergency exit doors all around the facility were completely blocked off. That's a door right there in the back. And there's stuff stacked all the way up in front of it. So just like what happened in Fresno where they had a fire, uh, you know, this place was ripe for a fire to say the least. These are autoclave bags and potentially infectious, infectious material bags. Um, there's, there's all kinds of nastiness all through this thing. Here's one of your deep freezers, minus 80 degrees freezing, minus 80 degrees. Yeah, that's um that's a hell of a freezer. I'd like to get my hands on one of those things. Um but you know, as they said, nothing nothing Chinese here to see. Oh wait, it gets weird. So let's just go ahead and type China in there. And what do we get? On June 10th, David He super American sounding name emailed me in response to the amended HOO and provided the contact information for Jiquin Yao and Zhao Zhao Wang, um, which included telephone numbers and addresses in China. Okay. So they were trying to figure out who the hell owned this business and, you know, how they could be contacted. However, this information failed to communicate and identify a representative for Prestige Biotech or UMI authorized to do business in California. So they were saying that these two individuals who were in China were authorized to do business in California. Now, when they asked them, you know, hey, dude, you know, we still need that information. Um, they said it like this. Hello, Joe. Um, this is from Hey David He. Hello, Joe. Could you clearly indicate what other documents have not been provided? 
Um, and then Joe Prado from um, Fresno County CA.gov says, um, to all representatives, the health officer has not come health officer has not been complied with previous email noted discrepancies and there's still outstanding de- documentation so he's like hey what are, what other documents are you talking about uh we gave you all the documents um well thank you very much for your reminder this is uh david he responding to him thank you for your reminder the addresses and telephone numbers for Zhao Zhao wang and ji quinn yao are updated are updated information as following totally american grammar totally are updated information as following jiquen yao is on 87 zhu hao road nankun town king kingdown city shandong province china <laughs> and uh Zhao Zhao Wang, her her, her um a, a, her address and phone number, four oh four Wangas Wang Street, Laoshan District, Qingdao City, Shan, Shandong Province, China. <laughs> so, like, it's funny that they're like, this has no no, they they're, they're like. There's no proof that there's any link to foreign countries being involved in this illegal. We did bust an illegal biolab, but there's nothing to see here when it comes to any foreign countries on the the ABC News thing. It gets more interesting because you look at it, you you got them literally here in the email chain and... I mean, bruh, that's Chinese writing right there for this is also courtesy copy to uh Jituan Guan Li at 126.com. And their name is like in Chinese right here because David He is Chinese and he saved it in his contacts as that symbol right there, um, which clearly ain't English. Um <laughs> And I'm not the greatest at pronouncing, uh, you know, Chinese. I don't speak Chinese. Maybe my daughter might know she speaks some Japanese. So she'd be completely useless to me. You hear me, Caroline? Completely useless. Learn some damn um, Chinese. Because I I could use you right now for that. Um, And don't scratch that. Do not learn any Chinese. Stick to your Japanese. I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> Sam Ting Wong. <laughs> Will he fix it? <laughs> yeah, you're so stupid. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, n- nothing to see here. Okay. Like totally nothing to see here. It gets weirder. So then as if they were, they, they didn't want to completely like tell on themselves for being you know, linked to China. They say this, and you can't make this up because it's so blatant. The official registered address of the company has been listed in the letter of board resolution from both companies. Universal Meditech has formally hired a representative lawyer this year, and the contact information is as follows. Michael M. Lin, 
DC Esquire from the Lynn Law Group, which is in Las Vegas. Lynn Law Group. The Lynn Law Firm. Lynn Law Firm. Um, I didn't even have to go to the website and I already knew. I was like, this dude, Chinese, wait for it. <laughs> so, of course, I wanted to look it up myself. I said, you know, what's the chances? You know, let's do a little uh, Zhao Zhao Wang Meditech. Okay, so yeah, that is like the most common name apparently ever because I found like 400 Zhao Zhao Wangs just on LinkedIn alone. So we left that one alone. But Ji Quin Yao um, was not so common. Uh, found a whole lot of, you know, directly. Uh, there's her research notes. I didn't even look at that. Um, but anyway, uh, study on absorption nothing. Absorption ambassador. Okay. Interesting. Bored. Boring. Moving on. Um, where are we at? Lynn Law Group. So who is this Lynn Law Group that we're talking about here? Oh, it's Michael Lynn, everybody. You didn't know about him. Um, this is the 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 lawyers that Meditech and um, you know Prestige Bio hired. Michael M. Lynn, the founder of the firm, graduated from UNLV William S. Boyd School of Law in 2006. Looks pretty, you know, Asian to me. Um, but I'm not going to hold that against him. You know, Asian American. Let's just put it that way. He's an Asian American, everybody. Nothing Chinese about this whatsoever. Until you start to read the fine print. So you start scrolling down. And you can't make this up. Arizona Bar... California State Bar, Nevada State Bar, United States Court, United States Court. Okay, I'm not saying anything. What are you talking about, Jim? Um, well, he was a chiropractor before he was a lawyer. Um, but then you get down here to the bottom and he just uh professional licenses and memberships. Okay, we're seeing a whole lot of physiotherapy. Yeah, he was a chiropractor, you know, chiropractic association. But this is where it gets interesting. Board member, Las Vegas Chinese Medical Association, 2006 through 2007. Can I make that even bigger? Holy crap. I'm trying to actually, trying to make this tiny little font visible on screen. Um. Anyway, so let's just, let's just do this real quick. Chinese. Okay, Chinese, uh, columnist for Las Vegas Chinese News 2001 about chiropractic, columnist for Southern Chinese News 2001, lecture sponsored by Chinese Spine Protect Association. <laughs> Bro, the, the freaking name of it. Lecture spon lecture sponsored by Chinese Spine Protect Association of Taiwan in an attempt to set a standard and regulation in Taiwan for chiropractic medicine. Okay. Nothing Chinese. So let, let me get this straight. They ask them who, who runs the company, who they should be in, who, who's licensed to work in, you know, to run this company in California. 
Oh, it's these two Chinese chicks. What's their num what's their number? What's their address? Shandang province, China. Okay. We got a lawyer, Michael Lin. Okay. He uh was a board member of the Las Vegas Chinese Medical Association. And his name is Lin. All, all of this is China. China, 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 all the way up and down this thing. Now, when I was looking into um, Prestige Biotech, of course, um, they have uh, facilities in Korea and Taiwan, as far as I can tell. I did not see anything, um, as you can see here on the screen, uh, you know, this one, they got this Prestige. They got three different companies this one's in Korea, this one's in uh, Taiwan, and I believe this one's in Singapore. Okay? So, take it, take that, you know, however you like. Um, but anyway, moving along, what else do we have here? This is their actual website. Um, one of them, Prestige Biopharma. And, you know, all the fancy things, creating difference, innovation for your life, you know, all the fancy just boring ass website that you would see made for some company um what do we have here uh investor information oh yeah i was digging up their stocks i was gonna go go into their stock owners and all of that sort of stuff but they're they're listed over here on um uh you know the linked ends um prestige biologics also limited um they've got several different pages uh Nothing Chinese to see here. Uh, we'll just move along. Um, what was the other thing I had here? Universal Med Tech. Um, they have nothing. Like, just basically, they're still listed as Tulare, California, but they were kicked out of there because they went from Fresno to, to Tulare, back to Fresno, then ended up in Reedley, and then they were, uh, you know, busted. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, this is the Prestige Biologics and they, they talk about all their plants. Um, which one is this? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not the one. That's not the one. Damn it. Damn it, Janet. Um, but yeah, this is the one in Singapore. That's So I was right. It's Singapore, Taiwan, and Korea. So that's the, the parent company that has, I guess, bought out um, Universal MedTech. <laughs> but anyway, I, I found this little uh, interesting note. Senseva Health LLC versus Universal MedTech Inc. A lawsuit. Um, so yeah, this was dated April 12th, 23. Um, so that's, that's, that's an ongoing thing right now. Uh, so there's a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of shenanigans going on. So what are they talking about doing? They're talking about moving, um, a lot of this stuff from the, the current warehouse to another warehouse, pretty much, you know, like down the street. Um, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, how do I get out of this Google street? I don't want to do that. I want to get out of the leave the street view no 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 click that will it still be there 
No, it, and we're gone. Back. I said back with you. Go back here. No, no, go back here. Uh, er, I give up. I swear. Why you make so hard, Google? Why you make so hard? I go to satellite. I go to 3D. And this is the new building anyway. So they're moving all of that stuff, all that uh, medical waste over to this new building, which is like right next to the airport. Apparently there's the airport. Um, and you know, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't looked around the neighborhood, but in the documents, they say this is where they're going to move all of the stuff until the CDC and everybody can go through it and figure out exactly, um, what the hell's going on there. Uh, but yeah, neighborhood right down the street. So coming to a neighborhood near you bio lab storage unit, um, right here. Um, and this is on Blatella lane and it's mentioned in the document. So that's where they're going to move everything to. Um, you guys know how much I love <laughs> release them rats. No, no, you, you saw in the document they killed, um, you know, there were 773 dead. No, was it the other way around? They were already a hundred. No, they were, they're all dead. Cause any of the rats that weren't dead, they euthanized them according to the document. So all those, all those, uh, lab rats now dead. Um, so I'm assuming they won't go here, but all the bottles of fluids of bodily fluids and dangerous viruses and bacteria will be shipped to this building. And then they're going to figure out what the hell to do with it after that. Now, this just brings about, you know, a, a much bigger idea, you know, like I go back to where I started. Um, yes, taxpayers are moving, uh, paying for the move. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> um, the, you know, when I was talking about the Ukraine thing and I was going to map out all of these biosafety labs, my seat is slowly like migrating. Pick it up. Um, When I was going to map these out, you know, there's there's biosafety lab level threes. Those are the most dangerous. They're like the Fort Dietrichs of the world. Then there's twos. And and even with the threes, there were I think we were like around. I want to say somewhere between 150 to like 300 of them worldwide that I'd come up with. So I made a list. I was getting ready to start making the map, putting it into Google Earth, you know, that sort of stuff so that I could put it on climateviewer.org. Then I started to include biosafety lab level twos. And my list quickly grew to, oh shit, I've, I've already, I'm already at 1,200. You know, I'm at 1,200 different locations that I would need to map. But then I started really looking into how hard it is to find out where BSL level twos are and then I came up with a much bigger number that could swell to as much as 3,000 um, BSLs. Um, Biosafety Lab Level 4s, BSA. Am I, am I getting this wrong? 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have I have a folder. I have a folder. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. I'm 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 starting at the wrong spot. You're right. Um. So anyway, bookmarked bars research. Uh, liquid surge biosafety level four facilities. Is this even still here? While we're waiting on that, um, so this is in bookmark bars research recent Ukraine biolabs research recent. The hell, where's my recent at? Hmm. I have way too many links in here. Did I, did, I, did I get that wrong? Research recent Ukraine biolab. Okay, so why can't I find that? Anyway, so here's a copy of the, the, the most dangerous one. So obviously CDC in Atlanta, Georgia, Center for Biological and Emergency, Emergen Emerging Infectious Diseases at uh, Galveston, Texas, University of Texas Medical Branch, Center for Bio Biotechnology and Drug Design at Georgia State University, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, yeah, so BSL-4 is the highest. Um, and these are, you know, like I said, Fort Detrick. Um, oh, that says Frederick, Maine. This is Fort Detrick, Maryland. Um, and this one, anyway. So U.S. Army Medical Research Institute for Infectious Diseases, Integrated Research Facility, Planned or Under Construction, all of these other ones here. Um, and then they have, you know, a whole bunch of other biocontainment laboratories. Um, I started just going through these, uh, you know, trying to come up with, you know, all of the different lists. And I wish I could find the folder because the folder actually has them all. So. Yes, this did come up and you can see these are from all around the world. Virology Laboratory in Queensland Department of Health, Australia, Queensland, Cooper Plains. Um, these are all in Australia. This is in Belarus, <laughs> um, Minsk, uh, Republic Research and Practical Center of Epidemiology and Microbiology, Canada and Manitoba, Winnipeg. Um, China and Wuhan, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Nobody's ever heard of that one. Um, so yeah, I started to just, you know, go through gathering the intel on, you know, where these are. Now the BSL-4s have the most dangerous, um, the Robert Koch Institute in Germany, Berlin. Um, and you can see them on the screen. I mean, they're, these are all over the world having the most dangerous diseases known to man in them. Now, when you get to the level threes, that's when you get into the hundreds. When you get to the level twos, you get into the thousands of labs. And then when you get to the level ones, which this, this facility that we've been talking about today, you know, this one, um, it probably would fall in the category of a one or a two okay 
Because, I mean, if we're being realistic, it wouldn't fall in either category because there was no biosafety at all. There was no precautionary um, systems in place. There, shit, they didn't even have proper fire protection in there. Um, so when you're talking about these kind of facilities, it's really creepy to think about how many there are around the world when just the Wuhan lab affected the entire planet. So when you consider that, that the possibility that one lab leak affected the entire planet and there are this many equally dangerous biosafety lab level fours around the world. And this isn't even all of them because every list I've found has been incomplete. So whenever I go to make a map, I literally, you know, um, and I'll drop this in chat because I know you guys are dying to have this here. Nom, 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 data. Um, so I'm eventually going to, you know, get to putting all of these down in a map because I would like to at least get through the level fours and possibly the level threes. But again, I'm still scrolling. I've just hit the bottom. Those are, you know, the BSL fours on just this one list. Um, the, the creepy factor of it all is that, you know, no matter what we do, um, these are never going to go away. I mean, and they're, 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 they're not, there's no central website where I can find all of them. Okay. Um, and gathering this kind of information, I kind of just put it on pause. So, Originally, the point was, you know, there was a whole lot of to do about bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And that led me down the rabbit hole of going, let me find those. And then I was actually talking to individuals who were in Ukraine who were sending me photos of the facility. Um, but unfortunately, some of that information became incredible, I would say. Uh, so... Everybody's talking about Karen Kingston. What's up with that? I've heard that name seven times today. That's so weird. I'm going to have to look into that. Because that, that's just... And everybody... Robert, you got to tell me more, man, because I've heard it from a whole but, bunch of people. <clears throat> um, I think Plum Island was only a level three, to be quite, quite honest with you, which is creepy AF, because that tells you how dangerous just even level threes are. But getting back to it, I do want to make a map of all these biosafety labs, because I think that people should know if one of these are in your backyard. Um it probably is something you want to know about. Um, especially when you consider the fact that after seeing what you've seen today in this video and seeing that this was an illegal lab that has ties to China that was in, you know, downtown Friedley, California, was in Fresno, was in Tulare, California. Um, 
And nobody knew what was going on inside until it finally hit this small town and somebody saw a water hose and decided to look inside. That really makes your head spin and go, well, how many of these, um, how many of these undocumented biolabs are there? That's the, that's the creepy part. That's what, that's what I'm left with after looking into this little incident today. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll move on from that. So there, that's the BSL stuff. I'll, I'll bring that up at a later date. Um, let me go back to this. So I kind of wanted to like, you know, a lot of people were talking to me about the Maui thing and we're going to switch gears just for the end of this, um, real quickly because my good boy, you know, Max Bliss always sending me the fun stuff, you know, you know, the thing. Um, so he sent me this, um, tell me what you think. The first global revolution, a report by the council of the club of Rome. Everybody know who the club of Rome is? Y you know, I don't have to explain it. Um, so what we'll just do is we'll just go to the good part. So on page uh, 115, called in the chapter called The Vacuum, I think this pretty much sums up what the technocrats have been you know, stating all along as their intended goals. The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. In their totality and in their interactions, these phenomena do not constitute a common threat which demands the solidarity of all people, but in designating them as the enemy, we fall into the trap about which we have already warned, namely mistaking symptoms for causes. All these dangers caused by human intervention, and it is the only through the changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. Now, you contrast those words with Larry Fink from BlackRock saying, you know, we must force behavior. And you think about, you know, the idea that humans are the problem. And then we think about, you know, what happens in these massive wildfires. There's the incident in southern southeastern australia where a lot of people speculate that you know it's mighty coincidental that all of this area burned and it's also the same place where they wanted to put this high speed rail in you know and it's interesting that maui burned and that they've been talking about creating this you know these 15 minute cities um, that Hawaii wants to be the first 
completely sustainable energy state in the United States, in the world. Um, and I thought this was a pretty interesting video. So I'm going to share some of this. End of the beginning. Welcome to today's show. This is another important video for anybody out there who's doubting that this fire wasn't created by our own government. I want to discuss what I mentioned in an earlier video, if you saw it, the potential of a smart city. Now, think of this perspective, and I'm going to show you some stuff. There's an article from 2018 from the World Economic Forum that I used in a previous video. And that article is about Hawaii having plans to be the first U.S. state to run entirely on clean energy. And there's another article from the World Economic Forum that talks about our alliance is creating smart city governance. Okay? They aren't going to be able to build smart cities unless they destroy the cities first because they have to run out the small business owners who are not going to be on board or comply to their smart city nonsense. Their smart city is going to limit productivity, even though they pretend like it's going to increase it. And people don't want to be on board with it. They don't want to be forced into this stuff where they're monitored and track how much carbon you use at your work. This is all what their plan is, so they can shut you down and control you as they please, like in China. So that being said, I'm going to get into all the stuff about Hawaii and the plans for the to be the first USA to run entirely. I'm going to get into the smart city. This is all stuff you need to see because we all know the World Economic Forum are the ones pulling the strings, right? So if we know that when we see a fire like that, then the second that we hear that the plans are to bring in a smart city, you'll know why it was done. Lahaina is not a huge city. It's nope. very small. It's a, a more of a town than a city, but it's all small businesses. It's small restaurants. It's small art galleries. It's small souvenir shops. People, when they go to Maui, go there for that reason. They couldn't destroy somewhere like Honolulu. And we had the governor of Hawaii, who happens to be in the name, go by the name of Josh Green. You can't make it up, right? Green is in green energy, who was just at the United Nations two months ago talking about Hawaii and being the first state to be 100% sustainable. Take a listen to this guy. Governor Josh Green touted Hawaii's sustainability accomplishments at the United Nations Economic and Social Council in New York City. The governor was the keynote speaker in the forum that included more than 40 presenters from around the world. Green pointed out that Hawaii is in a unique position as an island state and has tried to lead the way in promoting renewable energy. We tried to lead on energy and climate. We were the first state to mandate 100% renewable energy uh, for electricity. So it's again an opportunity as a small state with technically a small footprint, but we do punch above our weight a little bit because of our position in the Pacific. Speakers were invited to help implement the United Nations agenda for sustainable development goals in 2030. Oh, keyword ding, ding, ding. SDG, Sustainable Development Goals. So that's Governor Green. I mean, this is how in our faces this stuff is, right? It's about green energy. It's the green plan. Governor Green was just put in place in 2022. And the first, you know, less than a year, this happens. He's already just been at the United Nations four weeks ago. He was there four weeks ago, July 12th and July 19th. He was, you know, through the 19th. That's where he, when he was there. Okay, and he's talking about this stuff. Now, then we have to look at what a smart city is, because a lot of people out there don't understand that it's an enslavement city. 
They see all this. These 15 minute cities, this whole smart city. I've said this for years. If it has the word smart in it, it is dumb. Smart meters, smart cars, smart phones. They are all replace them with the word spy. Spy city, spy meter, spy car. It works. Stupid also works, but they are anything but smart. I don't know who came up with this term smart for all the things, but none of them are smart. They are spies. Just, just saying. Tech, and they're like, that's high tech. That's really neat. And one of the things that's going on in our country, you probably hear all these stories, right? Oh my goodness, Oregon's going to crap. San Francisco's going to crap. New York's going to crap. That's done by design. That's done to weed out business owners, to make them leave. They need to build smart cities. They're not going to be able to torch every city, so they need to destroy them economically. Look how many businesses have gone under in San Francisco. Malls going under, street stores going under. San Francisco is a hub. It is filled with rich people. Okay, so this is done by design. We know big tech runs not only out of California. They run out of San Francisco, Twitter, etc., so this is done by design. The World Economic Forum, they, their whole goal, our alliance is creating smart city governance, okay, which is control, right? Which means you don't leave the city. You stay in the city. Where you go, we say you go, right? You think this is all coincidental? I guarantee you that they're going to come out and they're going to announce when they start with the rebuilding plans for Lahaina, that Lahaina is going to be the first U.S. city that's a smart city. And it makes sense that they would choose Lahaina. One, because it's small compared to doing it in the mid, you know, midland. And two, because it's not in the continental U.S. Okay, it's over in an island. So they're not going to be heavily monitored. It's pretty liberal over there. So they're going to be able to do that and experiment there and make sure they tweak everything the way they want to tweak it without doing it right here in the heartland. But then it will be coming eventually to San Francisco and Oregon and Los Angeles. All these cities that they're destroying are going to turn into these smart city bubbles. And if you don't know what it looks like, here's a layout of the smart city. I'm going to show you a video clip. And keep in mind, this is them talking about it happening in Toronto. Because, of course, we know the same thing is happening up in Canada with Trudeau, who is a World Economic Forum puppet, who is in the, you know, the global leadership groups, the youth groups, et cetera, who's been groomed from a young age to destroy his country, to give it the globalist image now, which would be a smart city. Take a look at this hell on earth. Does this look familiar? Sitting in gridlock traffic, rushing from work to appointments, going to be late for dinner again. The road rage kicks in. This is the life we're used to. But what if life could look like this? An oasis of green parks, endless sidewalks, and empty roads. Impossible? Well, it's actually the concept behind the 15-minute city. 15-minute city or the 15-minute neighborhood is certainly something that's become very much, you can say, in vogue recently. Paris is working towards it, so is Barcelona and Portland, and now Vancouver also has a plan in place. Big new move number one was that we build a city uh, where, for all residents in the city, 90% of your daily needs are within a walking distance. When I put the closest grocery store in my GPS, it's more than a 30-minute walk away. But in a 15-minute city, I could walk to the grocery store, post office, doctor's appointment, gym, hair salon, dentist, you name it, all within, you guessed it, just 15 minutes. 
a solution not just for gridlock on the streets, but also for carbon emissions. In fact, the goals of creating a more walkable city were announced as part of Vancouver's recent Climate Emergency Action Plan. And the Vancouver Plan and Project team are already in the process of figuring out what neighbourhoods should look like and how to translate that into land use strategies. You just look at your neighbourhood and look at your walk score. The walk score actually just tells you how many good things you're a short walk from. Where we get really low walk scores are in the, in the parts of the city that are largely suburban. And so there's some sections where, you know, single-family homes are really far uh, from a lot of retail. And uh, in those areas, the actual answer is to deliver more of those uh, um, commercial services to them. The plan and project team will be addressing council with options as early as July. And they'll also have some pilot project ideas. But for this plan to really work, you don't just need to change the city. To meet the, the environmental goals that um, the country, the province, and the city have committed to repeatedly. Um, is to change behavior. So in Vancouver's latest Climate Emergency Action Plan, they announced new incentives to drive less, like connecting cycling and walking networks citywide in hopes that 80% of trips by 2030 will be made either by foot, bike or transit. They also announced disincentives for driving, like implementing transportation pricing in the Metro Corps and creating a carbon pollution surcharge on residential parking permits. But all of this takes some time. Cities change slowly over time because you actually have to build them. The team says they're looking at how to move Vancouver towards this vision over the next 30 to 50 years. And all they got to do is force your change in behavior. You got to think different. Don't you realize that? You guys better get that. Yeah. <laughs> Damage. Leave cities now. Exactly what I was thinking. This is why I will never leave Sumter, South Carolina. I love where I live. Um, small town, less than 60,000 people. Um, small town America is where it's at. If you're a big city person, no hate on you. But know that the bigger the city, the bigger the government, the more likely they are to jump on these types of you know policies to move in this totalitarian police state, spy state. Um, if you haven't heard of Trapwire, Trapwire is literally facial recognition software that tracks you everywhere you go. They've already found Trapwire in New York and Los Angeles. This was when I was still in Anonymous, all right? So that long ago, they blew the lid on Trapwire when they... When um, some of the members of Anonymous hacked InfraGuard, FBI's InfraGuard, um, they released the Trapwire documents. So we're talking, you know, 15 years ago, at least, 16, 17. Um, this is a long time ago. I can only imagine the type of software they're using now to track everything you do and everywhere you go. Um, yeah, Sumter's great. I, lo I love my hometown. N never going to leave. But this is hella creepy stuff. And this is, um, we're at Shaw together. <laughs> I was in the 78. Okay, there you go. Shaw Air Force Base. Yes, I live downwind of Shaw Air Force Base. And, um, I think I previously showed you guys, uh, pictures of the Shaw bombing range and electronic warfare range. Um, it's in my hometown. There's that, but, mm, you know, 
Yeah, now they have nose hair recognition. <laughs> Calistoga refried. Nose hair recognition. That's going to be the new thing. They're as unique as a fingerprint. Don't you know? Um, And I know I'm probably in this. This is going to be one of these videos where it's probably now that I've played this, the music playing in the background of those clips. This is from Bedshoot. So, hey, you know how them's the break. So. If this video disappears, know that it's on my BitChute, my Rumble, my Odyssey. You can go to climateviewer.com. Links to my BitChute, Rumble, and Odyssey are there. So if this video disappears from YouTube, you'll know why. And that's because one of these New World Order um, copyright trolls grabbed this video because I showed you this, this video just now. But them's the breaks. <laughs> So I will uh, be live streaming to other places than just YouTube in the near future. What happens when a group of the world's greatest minds gifted with wealth beyond our imagination buys a sprawling waterfront property in Toronto? They make plans for a $14.3 billion futuristic city, that's what. Sidewalk Labs released its master innovation and development plans to turn a chunk of Toronto's Lake Ontario shoreline into the most futuristic city in the world. It would result in over 93,000 jobs and a better standard of living for its residents. Alphabet, an umbrella company that includes Google and Sidewalk Labs, is now creating the world's first smart city in Toronto, Canada. It seeks to provide technological solutions to improve citizens' lives. There will be two key areas. Quayside, which is along the shorelines of Lake Ontario and features houses, shops, and offices. The first office here, of course, will be Google's. The second area is the River District, an area of 152 acres featuring five neighborhoods surrounding the Don River. Now, on the housing front, there's a plan for a collection of new mixed-use buildings up to 30 stories tall. The project would cost around $3.9 billion and would use mass timber and modular components made in the local factory owned by Sidewalk Labs. To get around, the city will have a $1.2 billion light rail extension, which would connect the neighborhoods to mass transit before the new residents. Oh yeah, and Geoengineering Free Canada um, is in chat. Can't even post Jim's website and Facebook in Canada anymore. Um, in case you guys don't know about that, uh, they passed some new legislation up in Canada and they're basically like completely cracking down on all the Silicon Mafia's things. Freedom of speech is dying everywhere. Um, and shout out to up in CT. Thank you for the super chat. Thanks for your work in case you get a strike. <laughs> um, hopefully it's not a strike. It'll probably be a copyright claim, but hell it's worth it at this point you know this this is this is a great video I, I hadn't seen these clips i knew about the things but i figured we'd talk about the things especially with you know what's going on with all these wildfires and you know disaster capitalism the world economic forum swearing they're going to take over everything on the planet you'll own nothing and you'll be happy in fact we'll build you smart cities where you will not be al allowed to own a car we will literally charge you by the pound for your trash. We will track every damn thing you do. Oh, also brought to you by Alphabet, a.k.a. Google. The same people that are probably going to strike this video after I'm done.
residents move in. It would cut down on the need for residents to own a car, and it would be safe and affordable. Canada is known for its somewhat overwhelming winters. You've heard the jokes. Well, the hyper-local weather sensors would detect an oncoming snowstorm and heat up the snow-melting pavements. It would keep the streets... Barb Reynolds. Dane Wigington ghosted blocked my comments on his channel. I tell him to come here and do lives with you, LMA. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barb, that's not going to happen. Uh, in fact, you might find this a little bit funny. Uh, let's go here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just stoking some shit at this point. Let's, let's, let's go everybody. Uh, what, what's the, no, well, no, is it, I put it on my climate viewer one. Is that where I put it? Climate viewer, twitter.com slash climate viewer. Oh, what's this? Dane Wigington, Real Geoengineering Watch. Not followed by anyone you're following. You're blocked! I said, somebody's panties are in a wide. <laughs> so, yeah. If I go to at Real Geoeng Watch on Twitter, there's Darth Wigington. You're blocked! What you scared of, Dane? I mean, bro, like really? On Twitter? Like, what are you scared I'm gonna tweet you? And I, you know, I honestly, I only found out about, I mean, x.com. This is x.com now. It's not Twitter anymore. What are you, a boomer? Um, but man, like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that one. Somebody, there was a, there was a thread going and, you know, I'm looking at this thread and it involves uh, uh, Kali Furies, who is an OG Anon like myself. Um, so she's from Anonymous and she runs um, Op Chemtrails. Okay, so it's hashtag Op Chemtrails. If you guys want to check her out on uh, Twitter or X.com, Kali Furies is dealing with this fool. Um, and basically, like I'm, I'm watching this go down. Uh, was it mentions? Where is it at? Yeah, I'm watching this thing go down, and like I noticed that I'm in the same uh, tweet thread that's mentioning Dane, and I hadn't even noticed because you know I like I don't even uh, I got xed by Dane. Yeah, pretty much. Like, bruh, so scared. Like, so damn scared. Um, where the hell is it? Wow, I get way too, way too many things on here. Okay, I'm going to give up. But it's in here somewhere. <laughs> no, no, no. It's way down there, obviously. Because either that or I just zoomed by it and didn't see it. But yeah, I, I didn't... Um, oh, there's Echoplex. Look, we're back to June 27th. We must have gone too far. Um, I did go on a show. We showed that the other day, but, um, that's a uh, gay Dave, um, from Echoplex. We had a great conversation anyway. So basically there was this, uh, this conversation going on. You know what? You know, I know how to find it. I know how to find it. I can figure out how to work this damn thing. Cause it'd be in my tweets and replies. Um, so these are the lasers that people were, were claiming that these are these are the lasers that started the Maui fire. Um, this picture was going around, but it was actually 
bright green laser lines shoot across night on the sky in Hawaii. It was earlier in the year. Had nothing to do with that. Um, this is actually a video of the lasers being fired. I don't know if you guys can see that. Pretty neat, right? So if you see this one and people are saying, this is proof of the lasers that started the fire in Maui, um, they're full of shit. Moving on. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Well, damn. Am I am I logged? Oh, I'm logged. No wonder I can't find it. I'm logged in as the wrong person. <laughs> You're a derp. I am derp. That's why. I apologize. Lord, I apologize. Um, we go tweet deck. Easier way, because then I can just switch. So it would be climate viewer news, and then you can actually see the thing I'm talking about. I feel I feel so silly right now. Um, I feel very, very, very silly. Um, let's see if I can actually find it in a decent amount of time because this is really dragging out, and I need to get back to the video because this is this is stupid tangential things. Um, mm-hmm. No. Well, Should be right about here. There's, there's Mike Olinger. No, it was it was before that. Yep, this is it. So there's this dude who is basically saying, "I'm." Can we bring this up to like full screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure really what's going on with the sky. It's clear here today, but it's not blue. Does anybody know anything about fires in Alaska at the moment? Why is the sky white or gray now? No blue sky used to be when I was a kid. This is that geoengineering I've been talking about. This is what geoengineering actually looks like, everybody. Not, you know, not them clouds. It's the whitening of the sky. That was the whole point all this time. So Kali Fury's right here. Um, and you can see that it's K-A-L-1 underscore Furies, who runs Op Chemtrails. Says you might want to check out Climate Viewer or Op Chemtrails. Um, so you guys can check that out. I'll throw the chat, throw the tweet in chat. See, I, I, told, I told you I wasn't making this up, but... um. This is how I found out. So then, um, of course, some dude came back with, you know, uh, listen to Real GeoEng Watch weekly updates. I do. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, it went on. Anyway, so there. I guess it was a response to this, possibly, where the dude, yeah. So Canadian Uprising said, Jim is controlled opposition. His site is a waste of time. The other day, he actually said that they are manipulating the weather, but they're not. This is how dumb people are. Um, they're manipulating the weather, but they're not. This was, for those who don't know, I, had, I made a video about control versus modification. 
understanding the difference between the terms, the semantics of weather control versus weather modification. They can modify the weather. They cannot control the weather. They are gambling with your weather. Watch the videos on my channel. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, it's not that for nefarious reasons. I can't stand listening to him. All the paid trolls just disdain on his posts. Um, if I'm a paid troll, then I'm doing it wrong because damn bro, I, I, I wish I was a paid troll at this point. That would be nice. Um, anyway, so Callie handles this pretty well. Um, number one, controlled opposition used Dane versus Jim debate to create conflict within the geoengineering activist community. It's a tool and distraction. Number two, you've done exactly what you described, Ray, trolls and Dane, butting into a thread just to rubbish someone. Time to take a look in the mirror. I find Dane gives us real information. That's how I learned about what's in chemtrails. He also let us know about the graphene oxide in the rain. Bro, I am so face palming at this point. He explained how they use Nexrad towers to manipulate the jet streams and storms. Nexrad radar cannot manipulate the jet stream. The graphene oxide in the rain, I made an entire video about that as well. Also, bullshit. He had a whistleblower on, and Harold Say um, pointed it out to me that the guy wasn't saying shit. So I made a video about graphene rain, also on my channel. Watch it. This Canadian uprising guy is literally just stoking, you know, stoking some bullshit on 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 the twit twitters. Um. Anyway, I find researching all of the available information from sources I agree with and do not agree with is the best way to make up an informed decision. Loved that, liked that, Cali Furies. The day we all agree is the day we could all be wrong. You should always take my information and then take it with a grain of salt and do your own research. Be an adult, okay? True, I agree. I still check in on Jim Lee. Whatever he says is not true. I know to be true. Okay. I mean, you're you're totally welcome to that opinion. <laughs> you you know that if I say something is whatever he says is not true is true. So I just told you, next rad radar cannot control the jet stream. So this idiot would go then that means Nexrad radar can control the jet stream. This is the logic these people use. You got to love that, right? I'm not buying into your who is better debate or your attempts to attempted smear campaign. Is this a debate? What do you think about the graphene oxide found in our rain and vaccines? And then I saw this. You are unable to view this tweet because this account owner limits the their, who views their tweets. So that's what I was like, huh? Like twitter.com real geoengineering watch. And that's when I opened it up and went, oh, oh, that's because 
That's because Dane freaking blocked me. I didn't even know. So like I was just dying laughing at that point. So I literally took a screenshot and, um, you know, just put it on there. And I, and I, of course I had to get my two cents in. So to summarize the end of this thread, I said to the thread op, the sky is white due to geoengineering from commercial aviation ice haze. And I linked to Chuck Long saying exactly that from NOAA's Earth Systems Research Lab. Um, and I said, P.S. Dane blocked from the LOL. <laughs> so, oh, that's just how it goes. Um, Lifted Above said this uh, in chat just now. Um, I looked into Nexrad and saw... Cyclotron, I think that's what you meant to write. Um, Cyclotron technology back when I watched Weather War 101 channel seemed plausible, except it was never explained from a scientific means how such could be possible. Now, that's true. Um, the problem with Weather War 101 and before him, Dutch Sense, was that they were making this, you know, this. Dutch Sons called them harp rings, and he was the one who made them popular. Um, and I, you know, obviously had a very famous beef with Dutch Sons back in 2010 through 2012. Won't really get into the details of that, other than I tried to convince Dutch that it would be wise to stop calling them harp rings since there's only one harp, it's in Alaska. And these are Nexrad radars, so call them Nexrad rings, or call them Doppler rings, or radar rings, or radar anomalies. Anything but harp rings, because I talk about harp, and it's um, it's kind of tough whenever you're calling them harp rings. Suddenly, everybody um, seems to think that every radar on the planet is a harp. Now, if you hear Dutch Sense today and he mentions harp rings, he will say, you know, I called them harp rings. And he, even he will go, but they're not, they're not really harp rings. So he'll, he's corrected himself since then. Let's just put it that way. So kudos to Dutch Sense for finally stopping calling them harp rings. But that's where this all initiated. And then Weather War 101 took my map of that, that I created of all of the Nexrad radar stations and the joint surveillance system and the terminal Doppler weather radars, the TDWRs. He downloaded them from my Climate Viewer 3D and then started using them in his videos. Of course, no credit to who created the map that he was using. And if you go to Weather War 101's uh, YouTube channel and you go back to the very beginning, that's what all of his videos were about till he finally realized what he was saying was completely freaking wrong. That's when he switched from talking about next rad radars to wet surface air coolers. So even Dutch Sense, even Weather War 101, after pushing it for years, finally realized there's no there there. And this is 
kind of stupid. So maybe I should stop saying it. Dane, however, has no shame whatsoever. Shameless Wigington is now jumped on the next rad can control the jet stream narrative. I saw a video like shared just recently and it had an X-Rad radar in the preview and I just went, I'm not even going to listen to it because if I do, I'm going to react to it. I'm going to play the whole damn video and it's going to be like Dutch sense all over again. It's going to be like weather war 101 all over again. I'm sick to death about talking about, um, you know, freaking X-Rad radars. Oh my God. But yeah, tangent over. It's clear for pedestrians and cyclists, as well as autonomous delivery robots. It's all going to be connected, heavily monitored, and pretty much self-regulating. Wi-Fi would be available for everyone throughout the city for free, and sensors around the area would collect data on the energy usage, traffic patterns, and much, much more to ensure you as a resident lead the most comfortable life possible. What's more, the city is going to be climate positive, aka netting a sub-zero carbon footprint. But we already expected that, right? In Toronto, Sidewalk Labs shows a picture of a world with intelligent pay-as-you-throw garbage chutes that separate your plastic from papers for pay-as-you-throw trash compactors that separate your stuff out pay-as-you-throw we got such a littering problem as it is now and these technocrats really believe that people are going to live in a smart city well, I guess you wouldn't have an option because there would be cameras everywhere. And as they'll state later in the video, like literally every single piece of pavement can track your every step, even if you don't have a phone. So you won't have an option to even litter. You'll literally have to put money in a machine to pay for your trash that you're throwing away. I mean, I think George Orwell would watch this and go, Damn, that's worse than what I thought of. <laughs> like, I didn't think big enough. Like, holy crap. For you, the city would charge households by waste and apps would tell residents Wrong when button. chairs on the waterfront were open so residents can get approvals for block party permits. In addition, traffic signals will auto-calibrate to ease pedestrian congestion during public events and rush hours. The director of Sidewalk Labs, Eric Jaffe, was primarily responsible uh. for this impressive proposal. He expects, or rather hopes, that more cities around the world will pick up on this blueprint and use it for themselves. One of those ideas is for a factory-built housing. It helps developers complete their projects reliably, on time, and at a lower cost. Critique and government approval. Before all that, though, government officials have to scrutinize and approve Sidewalk Lab's master plan, or not. And don't expect the process to be a snap. Some of the major elements of the project have shifted over time, and so have the targets of the project's detractors. When Waterfront Toronto, the government-appointed non-profit developer of Toronto's Eastern Shore, chose Sidewalk Labs to plan their smart city development, the most controversial point of the plan was the idea that a Google sister company planned to harvest data in public space. Over time, Sidewalk Labs was criticized for not revealing how they would use the data and who would control it. And how, who's going to get all that data? I mean, seriously, think about it. <laughs> What's up, Dom? I'm going to read. I don't even know what he said. And they have cameras in China that can see through masks so you couldn't even cloak yourself with a fake mask. Um, that is true. However, um, 
uh, let me see if I could. Man, this this reminds me of of a thing. Um, uh, God, what was it like? Uh, traditional face tattoo, facial tattoos disrupt face recognition processes. Now, I know face tattoos aren't exactly popular, but um, that, that's, that's, it, it's not even tattoos. There was a, there was a different thing where it's like, um, uh, they had like these stickers that you could put on your face and um, yeah, like this, how to stop facial recognition camera cameras from monitoring you. And, um, they, they have all these different ways of, you know, just screwing with that um, by putting like like this. Being able to just block, you know, if there there are so many different techniques that you can use. Um, <laughs> this guy with the, the you know, the, the Minecraft uh, helmet. Um, God, I wish I could find that original article, but. I mean, these are some of the things that people are doing. These clothes and accessories outsmart facial recognition tech. So it's happening. It's already happening. There is a pushback. Um, you can buy certain things that can trick the algorithms. Of course, with artificial intelligence, it'll start to get even stronger. Um, but you can beat facial recognition right now. This is it. This is the one I was looking for. So these are, let me see if I can find the original art article. Cause this is, it's called, um, modern digital camouflage, but you can see the picture here. This is what I was talking about. So just these simple markings, good Lord, come on. These simple black and white markings can beat facial recognition software as it is right now. So there's there, people are coming up with ingenious ways to do it. Um, and I think that that's, that's amazing. <laughs> For a while there, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association sued the government to stop the project. So sure, Sidewalk Labs dreamt of making a section of Toronto a future. No, no Lancelot, not masks again. Like literally like, I mean, think of it more like, um, like henna tattoos or, you know, face paint or literally like war paint or, um, you know, like sticky vinyls. So you could get like, you know, vinyls that have different diagonal lines that throw off what your face looks like. Completely legal. Nothing anybody can do about it. Retina scans is a whole nother thing. Don't, don't even go there with me, Willie fix it. Willie's like futuristic city, the but, likes of which we've retinas, only ever seen like, in science fiction. You know, well, but skeptics saw a dark side. For Thousands of too. cameras monitoring streets and data from every household being taken and used. This was one among many things their CEO, Sundar Pichai, had to testify about when he was called to Congress and pretty much grilled for three and a half hours. For those reasons, and perhaps others, the Sidewalk Toronto project was abandoned in May of 2020 to give way for a new kind of city. 
As exciting as the new city would have been, we still lost the chance now to have an internet-first community, which promised affordable internet and precise data on our carbon footprint and consumption to live more sustainable lifestyles. We lost a fully integrated transport system, social housing, oh, 93,000 no. jobs, and finally, a green city initiative. But bigger things are to come. The new city in Toronto. Now, Quayside will have a new, different kind of development. The government called for proposals when Google and Toronto parted ways, and these new plans seem to center on affordability, low-carbon design, and an emphasis on local and minority-owned businesses instead of what some have called a dystopian nightmare. There's a lot to be done. Oh, so no. far, the plans only include glossy renderings of wooden skyscrapers and the integration of elements of Lake Ontario into parks and recreational areas. But one thing's for sure, it won't be a Google smart city. Would you want to live in a Google city? Let us know in the comments. And if you enjoyed about, this video, hit the like no. button and check out more on the Simply Tech channel. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. So, I mean, that's what it looks like. I, I understand the youth are going to think that that's cool because they think all that stuff's fancy and cool. They, they have no idea. They're like, wow, a flying car or a... Oh, I can get everywhere in 15 minutes. Oh, and it's going to be all people like me. And, yeah, and they're going to eat each other alive, first of all. But it's, it's going to be, I mean... It is going to be an absolute dystopian city. And they know that they're going to be able to lure the liberals in. Oh, guess what? We have Planned Parenthood here. You can come here. You, your body is, you know, you could use your body however you want in this city. Oh, you're, you're LGB. Oh, come to our city. You're accepted here. We have pride every month. Oh, great. Get them in. Trap them in. That's what they're going to do. That's Mark brings up a great comment in, um, in, in chat real quick. You know, this, for those who don't realize, you know, I'm not this, you know, everybody always, you know, compares me and Dane. There is this, there's no comparing me and Dane, but I don't just talk about geoengineering and weather control. I talk about pollution, privacy, and propaganda. This, this is the privacy part, like big time. And what Mark just said was, um, let me see if I can get it up here on the screen. And there we go. Um, I'd love to know if you've looked at Google's Web Environment Integrity Initiative. Chrome and remote servers will attest to your private access token even to even make HTTP requests. Um, interestingly enough, a lot of people assume that they're private when they're on the Internet because... Um, Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Dun, 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 dun. These were not cheap. Um, I usually keep the. What are these? Ah, these are cheap sunglasses. They look cool, so that's all that matters. Um, people think that because they're on, um, tour or they're on a VPN or something like that, that they're completely secure, like they're untraceable. But Google, especially, whenever you're on that VPN, if you're stupid enough to use Google Chrome, Google Chrome can access all of your cookies that were already there. Um, it can access your MAC address. Um, your MAC address is a unique identifier for your you know, local area network card, your LAN card, or if you're using Wi-Fi for your Wi-Fi card. So the MAC address is unique. Now, um, 
you can <laughs> uh, use something called Mac spoofing. Um, I have a Mac. I have. I shouldn't bring this up on um, on the screen, <laughs> but you can you can spoof your Mac address. Okay, so you can actually um, inject a fake Mac address to get around that. Um, but they're trying to make it harder and harder for you to use things like Brave Browser and Adblock Plus and Ghostery so that you're not getting these cookies that are tracking everything you do at all times. And even if you have a VPN like ExpressVPN, um, that they can still track you. So like if you go to any website that has social media um, links on it, like say you go to an article and it has like us on Facebook and you can click that like button. Or if they have like Facebook comments at the bottom of the page, Facebook has just now installed a tracking device on your computer through a cookie. Um, the same is true with anything Google. So many websites use um, Google, uh, Google fonts or they use Google analytics. I'm going to show you a little trick. So what I did with climateviewer.com, because, you know, you do want to be able to use fonts, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want um, basically Google to be able to track everything you do. So what I did was this. Um, I went and got all of the Google fonts, and then I put them into my theme folder, into my CSS fonts folder right here. So what I did was I downloaded all of the Google fonts for Lado font. And then whenever I include them, I include them like this. Okay. So I'll blow it up real big. So what I've done now is I've stolen the Google fonts and I'm not downloading them directly from Google. Every time you come to my website, you're not downloading them from Google anymore. Okay. Cause I don't want, you know, and I'm using, in this case, I'm using Roboto, which is like the default Android font. If you don't know that. So my website uses that. Um, but I don't want to slow down you coming to the website either. So I've got every version of Google font Roboto downloaded locally to my server, served from my server, not Google's. Because what I found in the past was Google was actually stopping people from being able to come to climateviewer.com and see my website. And be, the way they were doing it was they would come to, you know, basically, uh, let me see if I can bring this up. I may, I may have left a link to it in the head. So you go to base of, you come down here and this is what it would normally look like right here. So you would have fonts.googleapis.com, um, pre-connect to Google fonts, fonts.gstatic.com, uh, family, integer, um, enter, um, PT serif, you know, all of this stuff, the different weights. So almost every website on the internet uses Google fonts. If they don't use Google fonts, they're using Google analytics. Anytime you go to the website, this is loaded before the fold. So this is in the head 
of the website. The head is the top of the web, web page. It's what's loaded first. So if the head doesn't load, then suddenly Google can stop you from seeing the website at all. Um, so what I did was I wrote an ingenious little code where I downloaded all the Google fonts and then I wrote a JavaScript um, to basically on document ready, when the document is ready and everything is downloaded and you can see my page, switch from monospace font to at the very bottom here, um, body add class G font. And it's very simple. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to write, uh, write something up for the programmers of the world. Cause a lot of people have been facing the same problem. So you'll be able to go into here and then you come over here to the CSS and you type in G font. And what do you see is body font family monospace. So while the web page is loading up, use any font you have on your computer. When the page is completely loaded on the very last line of my JavaScript, add the class G font to the body. And now what have I done? I have magically replaced it like so. Now body.gfont, body with a class of G font, font family, Roboto, it now uses all these fonts that I downloaded from Google and Google can no longer block my website. They can't slow me down. Now that was very techie. Okay. That was very nerdy. That's the hacker side of Jim that most people don't get to see. The point I'm trying to make is this, when he's talking about all the shenanigans that Google's go, Google goes through, you don't understand what web developers go through in creating these websites. And when you have, Google fonts, when you have Google analytics and Google does not want people to be able to come to your website, all they have to do is stop you from seeing the website for five seconds. And the, the statistic out there is something like 90% of people, if they do not see your website load within the first three seconds, hit the back button. So if Google wants to censor your website, all they got to do is say, uh, we got a request from climateviewer.com to load these fonts. And let's just stall that for a couple seconds. And I noticed this happening over and over again. So finally, I came up with this solution to just basically steal the fonts from Google put them on my local hard drive, then put them on my local server, and then load them after my website's loaded. These are the kind of crap that, you know, that Google's doing just on the web. They own the entire web. From between Google Analytics and Google Fonts, you cannot go to a website that does not use one or the other. Um, and that's, that's why they track all the things everywhere. Um, so I can play the rest of this video. Um, he goes through the Maui stuff. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys, they want to hand out the keys to everyone and take the key away based on whatever metrics you want. 
you use any ad block, um, take away your key, you visited clownviewer.com, take away your key, yes. Um, and that's also with like the whole DNS sec thing that's going on. We're, we're going to get, Mark, we're going to get really too complicated for most people to get. Like, um, <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying. Like, I could talk, me and, me and you could have this conversation for probably the next hour just about that, and I would weenie out with you, but we'd lose like everybody, bro. I mean, it's just a fact. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I didn't put this in the details, but you guys check the video out, the rest of it. I'll let you, I'll save the rest for him. Um, this was on, uh, facts, facts over fear, 2012 on, uh, 2022 on YouTube, on BitChute. Um, it actually says facts over fear 2021 here. Um, but I'll put the link in the, you know, in the comments right here. So y'all bookmark that, watch the rest of the video. We watched about half of it, but now you get the idea. Yeah. 15 minute cities, Google run spying on everything, disaster capitalism, you'll own nothing and be happy for it. Um, yeah, there's a pattern and it's pretty obvious. I think we all can see that. Um, so that brings us to the, the end of the video. And, you know, a, a lot of people were asking me about, yeah, I, I think the last I mentioned, um, you know, I've been going through some pretty severe migraines. Um, and that's why, you know, Y'all gave me a good excuse to put the sun shades on because now that I, I've been on this light for a good three out, well now four hours today and led lights hell on the eyeballs. Um, especially when you have migraines, um, I went for an MRI last Thursday. Um, they were going to MRI my brain and my spine. So I drove an hour to the hospital. I took the day off from work. I got to the hospital. Um, 20 minutes before I got to the hospital, they said, uh, somebody like tried to text me on the, the hospital's app saying we're from the financial department. Please contact us immediately. And I'm going, you gotta be kidding me. Like what's going on here? So of course I, I tried to call them. No answer. Go inside. Long story short. They're like, um, your insurance denied, uh, paying for the MRI both MRIs. He's like, would you like to pay in cash or credit? And I looked at her and I said, this was $9,600. You think I have $9,600? <laughs> um, yeah, they wanted to do the pay first and hope that, um, insurance would pay for it later, which was a big fat no. So I said, okay, well, um, they basically said that my new doctor didn't go ahead. And I, those who are asking about my light, I have my light set to 2,700 Kelvin. So I've got it about as red as I can get it. Um, you know, as cool, you know, I don't want bl blue light. I've got it as red spectrum as possible without like turning the whole freaking room red. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still hell on the eyes because it's a freaking led. What are you going to do? Um, I, I, I see you guys. Um, anyway, so they basically were making the argument that she should have ordered 
some x-ray at least certain number of x-rays before sending me to do an mri so anyway long story short didn't happen so then i go down to the dentist all right so now i've driven to florence that's an hour then it's an hour back i hang out with my wife at the house tell her you know how shitty everything went that morning and i'm like well i have nothing new you know to tell you because i don't know what the results would have been but we've still got these um you know we've still got these migraines to deal with so then we get to part two of my problem which has been you know i have been in severe pain in my lower jaw for at least a year now um and i've i've may have told you guys in the past i have no molars um you know i lost my front teeth in the top um and i literally have like three teeth in the top and maybe five in the bottom um and my two um canines are so badly infected that this one's gonna crack at any moment and i won't even be able to wear my partial so i got word that there was this dentist down in charleston who might be able to help me from a person you know who the long time climate viewer follower um she lives down in you know near charleston and she said go talk to this dentist um he's done charity work in the past maybe he, he says he's going to help you out i get down there um two hour drive now so now i've you know been on the road two hours going to florence and back nothing happened there two hours driving down to Fl um to charleston um he doesn't you know inspection of my mouth basically says all the things i already know you know fix the the ca the cavities and the three uh, the five teeth i have in the top and uh just rip all five of the bottom ones out and i need two implants and he, he takes it a step further he says these are so badly infected i don't know he's like are you in pain and i'm like yes um he's like how much pain and i was like i you know, I have pretty high pain tolerance, but I just generally ignore it. You know what I mean? Um, he goes and says, well, you should probably go to affordable dentures, uh, which is here in town and they can do the implants, which of course I pull it up on the, on my phone. And I'm like, these guys literally want nine to $14,000 to do what I already seen a dentist in my hometown and they gave me a quote of seven to roughly $11,000 to do two implants and then put a denture in that would be permanent and I could take it out and in and whatever I need to. So I'm, you know, after going through all this, now I've got to drive back two hours. So now I've been driving six hours on, on Thursday. I'm completely let down. I'm going, I am absolutely fucked. Okay. Like, what am I going to do? But I believe everything happens for a reason. And I'm sitting there going, well, what is the reason? Like, why, why has this happened? You didn't want to have an MRI to begin with. Okay. You just want your migraines to go away. You, you didn't want to ask for a handout, but you do, um, you do want to, you know, get your teeth fixed. And if the guy was offering, 
nothing ventured, nothing gained. But, you know, he, in the end, offered absolutely nothing. So I'm sitting there riding um, back home, completely, you know, destroyed, going, I, I lost a day of work. I've been driving for six hours. I've run a, a full tank of gas out. There goes another $55. And um, <clears throat> I had this aha moment, you know, where I started thinking about, well, maybe it's not the surgery, you know, and the, the nerve that I've been thinking about, which is why I was going to have the MRI to begin with, that basically your canines are also known as your IT. And that because my canines are so badly infected, the eyes are connected to the back of the brain. So the nerve, the optic nerve is connected to the back of the brain, which is where I, where my headaches start before migrating to my eyes. And then I have this uncontrollable pain and I'm out, you know, like I'm taking a flexural, I'm done for the day. And then I, I, I so I think that the whole purpose of this learning experiment and this, you know, pain that I went through was just to realize that. Maybe it's just my teeth that are giving me these migraines. And it actually makes a lot of sense. And then I started doing some research into it on the way home. And, you know, I said, all right, look into this later. You're going to crash. Um, but I'm, I'm convinced at this point that the, the problem, the headache problem that I've been having, I have a monster headache right now. Um, it comes from how deeply infected the roots are on these two teeth. And um, just so you guys can see, that's, you know, basically what I'm, what I'm working with. Okay. No shame in this game. I can still talk because I have teeth in the front. I just don't have any others, but the tooth that this is hanging on to get you teeth fixed. My friend. Thank you, Lance a lot, dude. I'm, 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 I'm going to try to figure it out, but basically this one right here, this one right here, if it breaks, I can't chew food anymore. Like, and, uh, I'm not a grinder. I don't have that problem. Um, it's just that, you know, I went through so much money, um, you know, $2,500 for this partial $2,500 for the top partial. I got all of my root canal teeth removed. I got all of the, um, you know, fillings, they're all removed. So, and, and I got everything up to snuff, you know, everything was looking good. And then suddenly both of my canines are completely black around the roots and they had filled all the way around this tooth, you know, like rebuilt it with, you know, whatever that stuff's called. Um, anyway, they, 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 Tried to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but now it's starting to split down the middle. The dentist down in Charleston told me, he said, even if that tooth breaks off, whatever you do, do not remove that. Um, <clears throat> do not remove that tooth unless you put a um, an implant in its place that day. Don't let them, you know, try to put a temporary, you know, like, bone graft or something in there. Cause they were, the dentist was trying here and Sumter was trying to say, 
well, you know, for $1,400, we can go ahead and make you a, a denture and just stuff something in the hole till you can afford to get the two implants. Um, and he said, no, that is wrong. That is wrong. It is wrong. Um, even if the tooth breaks off, just indoor, get the money, get the implants. So now I'm in this scenario where, you know, I have... <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, the, I, I had several people suggest that I just put together like a GoFundMe or something or a Gibson Go. Um, and I might do that because I, I don't have any other option at this point. Um, I have to get two freaking implants and get all of these teeth removed because they're all screwed. Um, so that's that's the end of the story there. Um, I, I, am pretty sure that the, the migraines will be gone after these deeply infected teeth are out of my mouth. Um, and I will be able to, you know, get back in, um, mixed martial arts and, you know, I miss it. Um, I'm just going to take my daughter. She's going to just fight, you know, in the meantime, and I'm going to work out, but, I want to be able to, you know, get in there and mix it up. And I can't because I, you know, one punch to the teeth right now. And I'm, I'm screwed, you know, mouth guard or not, I'm screwed. So that's where we're at. I'm living with daily headaches, weekly migraines. There, there are weeks I don't have migraines. Um, but yeah, um, I'll, I'll probably put something together, um, because and this, and I, and I want to also say this because I looked into it, and this is the part that also creeps me out. Um, if I don't, if if I get the 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 implants, at first I will have you know just a you know I'll have they have to implant the thing, and then they have to make um, a, a denture for the bottom, but it won't be attached to anything, and it's six, it's three to six months of healing before they actually go back in and put the rods to attach the the denture to the you know the things so there will be a there might be a period where you hear me talking a little funny and you know my jaw is just doing some stupid crap but um you know it's like the dentist said he's like dude if you you know if you're a talker like you say you are on youtube and you want um and you want to be able to do this you cannot have a denture like you can a bottom denture is completely useless my dad who has one he refuses to wear it my cousin who has one he refuses to wear it then there's the bone loss issues i'm only 46 yeah i don't want to be grandpa jim at 46 years old but um I seriously need to, you know, get this handled as fast as humanly possible. So that's enough about me, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. So I'll, I'll probably put, I, I'm going to look at Gibson go versus GoFundMe, and whichever one takes the least amount of money, that's the one I'm going to choose because you got to figure in whatever, um, a lot of people in chat are saying colloidal silver. 
Um, my friend Christine, the one who wrote the the book, uh, Why Does the Moon Shine So Bright? I made the website for her. You know, we were talking about what was going on. Um, she actually purchased some colloidal silver from Amazon two days ago and sent it in the mail. So it's on the way here. So for everybody who's saying colloidal silver in chat, um, yeah, she said basically it's a it's a spray that I can spray directly on my teeth um, to hopefully cut down some of the inflammation. Um, yeah, I think I think gives and go takes less as well. Um, and, and interestingly enough, gives and go does actually call you and pray for you. They had somebody when I first set up my gifts and go for um, climate viewer, just, you know, for as an alternative method for people to support the channel, somebody called me and literally prayed with me about, you know, what I'm doing um, and all that. I've heard clove works as well, but the thing is, it's so deep in here. If I showed you guys, A, I would be embarrassed. B, you'd be grossed out. But down here along the gum line, it's bad. On the back side, especially, it's just a black hole on both sides. Um, so yeah, I need to um I need to get some freaking implants. And um that that see, and I've got such brain frog right now, I'm just kind of like um rambling because this is slightly embarrassing for me to even be talking about. Um <clears throat> but that being said. Guys, I appreciate everybody who tunes in for these things. Yeah, I'm Stonely. I'm gonna get them pulled. I mean, I'm I'm ready to have all these gone in the bottom, the top. You know, they they're still in really good shape. Um, my my partial up top is still fitting very tightly. I don't have any pain or infection in the top teeth, but the bottom is absolutely screwed. Amazon colloidal silver is a joke. Th she sent me the link and I swear to you, it said there was a prop 65 warning on it. You know, the California thing. And it said that it had lead in it. So I don't know that I'm going to actually use what he's sending. Um, but yeah, I'm going to look into, um, using some colloidal silver just to, you know, see if that cuts down on the infection, maybe some of the pain. Um, I, th Willie, I think we're all in the same boat. Like, everybody's broke right now and health, oral health care is like the black hole armpit of american health care like you know insurance companies don't cover shit um they never consider the fact that you know um as a person who has a family history of heart disease having a, a ra rabid infection in your mouth that is plaque and bacteria that can lead to heart failure scares the shit out of me too. So I'm I'm very much ready to just rip them out and be done with it. It's just um like they they said it would be somewhere between seven to eleven thousand dollars, depending on what type of graph they had to do and you know that sort of thing. I I got like this little sheet they gave me and they were like somewhere in this range. Here's the least amount. Here's the most amount, but you never know. Um, and 
I don't got that kind of money. So for all those people to say I'm a paid shill, if I was a paid shill, I'd be out buying teeth right now. That's that's a promise. So maybe in the near future, I, you know, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> I'll put together a Gibson Go for that. And if you guys would like to support buying me a new grill, I would greatly appreciate it more than anything else. Um, I've been in pain for far too long, and I'm ready to be out of it. Yeah, um, anybody who's been following me for a very long time knows what I went through with the Graves disease thing. I had to have my thyroid removed. If you go back and you look at my videos from just two or three years ago, you'll see um Skeletor Gym. So I've done a lot to get my health back in check. And this is like one of the last hurdles. Um, so anybody that can help out with that would be greatly appreciated. That being said, um, I do love you guys and I mean it. Um, I appreciate everybody that hangs out with me here in these live chats. Um, I do have something kind of exciting. Um, I might be having Max Bliss on the next show. So I already talked to him. I said, Max, would you want to do a call in with me? He said, yeah. Um, when do you want me to call? And I knew that today's show was completely going to be about mostly about this bio lab thing. Um, so next Sunday, I'm going to try to set up a zoom call with the infamous, amazing Max bliss. Um, that will be absolutely epic. So hopefully that's going to, I'm going to get that set up. Um, it'll be my first setup of a zoom call you know where i actually have somebody on video calling in so i'm gonna figure out the technical hurdles to make that happen um but that will open the door to me doing more interviews with people because there's so many cool people i know that i'd like to have discussions with on these shows um and i just feel it's it's just right that i have max bliss back um for the first time in a very long time so hopefully next week, Max Bliss on Sunday, there will be videos during the week. I'm going to keep that stuff up. When um, the Radovan interview and the um, Weaponized News interview come out, um, I may end up mirroring those as well because, um, you know, we like to do that, you know, that cross-pollination promotion. So if you see those videos show up here, there will be links to uh, weaponized news and you know their original content same with uh Radovan and the Czech Republic um and then I might put together the whole Dane Wigington poo throwing contest from Republic um broadcasting network plus the call in that I did today um you know just make an mp3 out of the whole thing and and put that up for your for your audio pleasure <laughs> so that being said I, I'll catch you guys on the next one. Um, I'm going to go take a flex roll and crash on my freaking face. Um, with information comes power. With power comes great responsibility. So please use the information that I provide to you on climateviewer.com, climateviewer.org, and cli at climateviewer on all the things to attack ideas, not people video resonates with you leave me a comment because i love hearing from you all first time here be sure to subscribe and click the bell yeah remember 
It would be impossible for me to do this without your support, so please join my Patreon or buy me a coffee on PayPal. And always, attack ideas, not people.